Hello, and welcome to another edition of Addition. I'm your host, Adi Adewusi. I'm a product manager at Microsoft, a mathematician, a futurist, tech optimist, artist, and creator. And I'm here every day, Monday through Friday, bringing you the news, the hot topics in tech, so an update on the markets, as well as letting you know what I'm geeked out about this week, as well as some career advice. So before we get into the episode, go ahead and like if you are enjoying this video on YouTube, subscribe to my channel if you're not already subscribed. If you are a podcast listener, go ahead and follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I would love if you left a five-star review, especially if you're a regular listener, and I know who you are, regular listeners who have not left a five-star review. So please leave a five-star review, and if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Edition with Addy, Twitter at Edition Pod, and you can email me, Edition Pod dot substack or at gmail.com. Okay. So my email is editionpod at gmail.com. If you want the podcast in your email, you can subscribe to my substack. It's editionpod.substack.com. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode. So let's start with the crypto markets. Bitcoin is at 20,658. It is up 3.66% over the past seven days. Ethereum is at 1,186 and it is up 1.46% on the past seven days. So we're seeing Ethereum gaining and Bitcoin continuing to be down, but Ethereum was down a lot worse than Bitcoin. So this is actually a good thing. So S&P 500 is up 2.48% over the past five days. The NASDAQ is up 2.05% over the past five days. So Markets are moving in the right direction, which is great. So let's get into the hot topics in tech. So Three Arrows Capital, which is a crypto hedge fund that I discussed on a previous episode of of being at risk of default, is now in default. So long story short, they defaulted on a loan, they meaning Three Arrows Capital, defaulted on a loan worth more than $670 million. And this loan was due to Voyager Digital, which I believe I talked about on a previous episode, which is another crypto hedge fund that's at risk. So long story short, uh, Voyager does plan, I'll quote from the article, Voyager said it intends to pursue recovery from 3AC, 3 Arrows Capital. In the interim, the broker emphasized that the platform continues to operate and fulfill customer orders and withdrawals. That assurance is likely an attempt to contain fear of contagion through the wider crypto ecosystem, end quote. So I am telling you right now, if you have money in Voyager, do not trust them. They likely do not have your funds. Get your withdrawals out while you can. And, and this is me just giving you the best advice based on the stories that I'm following here. I don't believe we can really trust these crypto hedge funds, these DeFi accounts. I, I don't think they actually, I think they were selling a dream, selling a marketing scheme. And now that you know the crypto market has gone down, they're not gonna be able to deliver. So if you can withdraw, withdraw now. If you're on a platform like Celsius, you don't even have the ability to withdraw. So take the withdraw as a blessing and take it out now. That being said, I don't know your whole situation, but if you can withdraw without losing any money, I would do it now. 
Okay, next article. This is from CNBC. So CoinFlex issues a new coin to raise funds after investors fail to pay debt. So this is major red flags here. So I'm going to just read from the article. I quote, cryptocurrency exchange CoinFlex on Tuesday issued a new token to raise funds in a bid to restart withdrawals for its customers after one client failed to repay a massive debt. CoinFlex said it would issue $47 million worth of a digital coin offering 20% interest, which it's calling Recovery Value USD or RVUSD. It comes after the company paused withdrawals for customers last week, citing extreme market conditions and uncertainty involving a counterparty. On Monday, CoinFlex published a blog post with more details about the counterparty. CEO Mark Lamb said in the post that a longtime customer's account went into negative equity. That prompted the company to halt withdrawals. CoinFlex said in a normal circumstances, it would automatically liquidate the investor's position, but the trader had a clause in his account that did not allow that to happen. That condition required the individual to pledge stringent personal guarantees around account equity and margin calls in exchange for not being liquidated, CoinFlex said. The company declined to name the investor, but says the individual is a high-integrity person of significant means, experiencing temporary liquidity issues due to the credit and price crunch in crypto markets and non-crypto markets, with substantial shareholdings in several unicorn private companies and a large portfolio. By issuing the new RVUSD tokens, CoinFlex will be hoping to raise enough money to cover the shortfall in its books left by the investor and resume withdrawals for users. It is offering a 20% interest rate for people willing to buy RVUSD to entice investors. We have been speaking to large to potential large buyers and believe there is significant interest in the terms presented, Lamb said. But part of CoinFlex's plan is hoping that it gets repaid by the investor, which of course may not happen. Lamb told Bloomberg on Monday that he believes the investor will repay the company at some point in the future, end quote. So this is my advice to CoinFlex. Do not expect that investor to repay you. Of all of the debts that this whale, which in crypto terms, like a large holder of crypto, of all the investments they have, I would say they're, they're, what they owe CoinFlex is probably the last thing that is going to be paid. And also, I would not buy this RVUSD token. It's offering 20% interest. This That's the same interest that uh, Anchor was was giving people on their Terra tokens, and we all know how that went. In this market, who is borrowing at 20% interest when you can get a mortgage at 5% interest? I'm, I'm confused. So just sharing that, and that leads me into my next story, which is an article from The Atlantic that goes into... Uh, let me read the, the tech meme title because that's my favorite and tech meme is a great news source that's where i get most of my tech news so so their article is or their headline is a16z's mark andreessen and packy mccormick fail failing to coherent coherently explain web three use cases demonstrates the hollowness of the space often often obscured by boosterism so this atlantic article is basically a slam piece on the investors that have been pushing crypto and not being able to explain a use case for crypto. So 
I'm not going to go into it, but this is a hot topic in tech because as you, as I've talked about in the episode on episodes before crypto is a tribal thing, either you hardcore hate crypto or you're hardcore into crypto, or you're forced to be hardcore into crypto because you're heavily invested in crypto. But I have talked about this on the episode before. I personally don't believe the price of crypto has anything to do with its use cases or its technology. I think it's a movement. I think it is a culture. I think it's a tribe. If you think about it, but when when there was a crypto crash back in 2017, 2018, there were no NFTs, there was no DeFi, there literally were no use cases at that time. So for and and we know how much those uh coins specifically bitcoin and ethereum have gone up since 2017 and yes they are getting back down to their highs from 2017 but still that there was a long period of time um when they the investment went up so i really don't believe that Mark and Packy not being able to explain crypto use cases means anything. They know for a fact that they're investing in companies that are building products for Web3 and that there will always be people who want to use Web3 products. Will it be that many? I don't know. But as you can see in the articles that I shared earlier, people are using Web3 to take out $47 million loans. Like a lot of someone is finding a use case for it. And if it's not you, that's fine. Like, I don't, I, I guess people like to debate and I'm, I'm glad a debate is happening about crypto. Do I have my doubts about crypto? Do I feel dumb sometimes for putting 10% of my portfolio in crypto back in January? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm deciding not to sell and maybe I will lose all of that money. Maybe I won't, but I don't know why this is so personal for people. Like, I really don't get it. I, and if you can leave a comment or send me an email as to why people viscerally hate crypto so much that they literally cannot stop talking about it, please explain because I don't understand. I get way more pressure to buy a house or buy a car than I do about buying crypto. I feel like if I'm getting pressure to buy crypto, I'm going out looking for it. Like I'm on YouTube asking what are the benefits of Bitcoin? You know, I'm whereas like I'm bombarded every day with pressure for people trying to get me to buy a house or a car. I'm I and I have not bought a house or a car. So I I just don't get it. I I really don't get why people are I think maybe people's portfolios down, but they see cryptos down worse and um, pointing at crypto makes them feel better about themselves. I, I don't get it. Okay, so last news, Airbnb's party ban is now permanent. This is from The Verge. I quote from the article, in 2020, Airbnb introduced a temporary ban on house parties and events to better follow social distancing restrictions with the pandemic. Now the company says it's been so pleased by the outcome of the ban that it's making it permanent and codifying its rules. 
Over time, the party ban became much more than a public health measure, said the company in a blog post. It developed into a bedrock community policy to support our hosts and their neighbors. The ban prohibits all disruptive parties and guests with a particular focus on open invite gatherings, those advertised on social media, and party house properties. Disruptive parties and events are essentially defined as those that attract complaints from neighbors. Airbnb says it suspended the accounts of some 6,600 guests for violating the party ban in 2021, though this is a tiny figure considering that the company has more than 150 million users. Whether this is due to lax enforcement or infrequent violations, who can say? End quote. So I would say this makes sense. No one wants to rent their house to someone who's having a party, but I, I truly believe this is impossible to enforce. It's pretty easy to create a new Airbnb account if you're banned. You can just get a different phone number. And in likelihood, people aren't going to report every single party. But I guess maybe making this ban official, neighbors are going to be more likely to call if they see an Airbnb house throwing a party. But that makes me concerned because they're defining disruptive parties and events as those that attract complaints from neighbors. Depending on the neighbor, they just might not like the look of the people. They may not be having a party at all, and they may just want... They may have a bone to pick with the person who owns the house and doesn't want them to to air rent them out. Maybe I I just don't know. I don't know how to make how this can be fair. And it also makes me wonder. There are some families out there that have like ten kids, and you know, just the nature of them existing in a house may be loud and disruptive. So I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just sharing that to give you an update. So the career segment, I'm going to ask you all, what is your policy when it comes to taking vacation at work? So do you take vacation within the first 90 days of work? Do you wait a year? Do you wait six months? I'm really curious because, you know, in theory, we have our vacation time. And if you have unlimited vacation, just just ignore this because that's a whole different struggle, um, taking vacation when you have unlimited vacation. But if you have a set amount of vacation days, what what is your strategy to take vacation? And I'm asking you because I don't have a great one, to be honest. I typically take vacation during the holidays and, and that's it. And, you know, if I feel extra burnout, maybe I'll take a day off or something here and there, but I typically, and, and maybe I'll add on to a three-day week, weekend or something like that. And the reason why I struggle to take vacation is because I the, the work that I have to do to set them up for while I'm away and, and when there's just never a good time and I personally struggle for it. So I'm asking you all as my listeners to help. Okay. What am I geeked out about this week? Summer rain, because sometimes summer is a lot of pressure. It's like, if you follow me on TikTok, you've been seeing, I've been doing everything. I've been doing pool parties. I've been doing rooftops. I've been doing 
patio things. And once I saw that it's going to be raining in Atlanta pretty much for the next week or two, it kind of made me feel like I had an excuse to not necessarily do the most. I, I need a break. I need a vacation from summer a little bit. Atlanta is a lot. But yes, uh, that's today's episode. I hope you have a great day and I will see you tomorrow. Bye.